versus the world's productions. Putting the internet culture in a petri dish and under the microscope. www.vtwproductions.com We are at war. We need a team. Let's do a head count. A super soldier. The demigod. A couple of master assassins. And there's me. I have an army. Yeah, we have a gnome. Welcome to VTW Productions and our coverage of the 2012 Phoenix Comic Con. Featuring your favorite superhero commentary team, the Casuals. Casuals assemble! Hi folks, this is the Emperor. I'm here to remind you to listen to the Emperor's Court right here at VTWProductions.com. That's the Emperor's Court, your three-hour break from internet porn. Uh, let's let's introduce ourselves. First of all, this is wait, which panel are we? This is the Freedom for Fantasy, Freedom of Fantasy, yes, right? It is. I just yeah. don't want to make. Oh, let's start it talking it about the wrong one. It is Freedom of Fantasy. Because the other one, the other panel, that's not appropriate for Freedom of Fantasy. No, I'm kidding. Um, so this is the Freedom of Fantasy panel. We're going to go ahead and talk about uh, stuff. You should introduce yourself. Let's start with you. Starting with me? You introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Christmas Martin. I have absolutely no qualifications to sit up here in front of you other than <laughs> I'm a big geek. That's it. That's the best qualification. So I watch a lot of TV. Especially, I watch a lot of Whedon TV. And uh, so, and um, usually I can be found over in the gaming department where I am a coordinator, so come over there and visit me, because we're running 24-7 gaming, and uh, come hang out. Got to give a plug for my department there. Good job. And uh, as you can see today, featuring a little Donna Noble for you, because I'm also a big Whovian, so. And uh, that's pretty much it. All right, cool. And as you may know now, I'm Jesse Foster. I'm also a big gamer, but a Joss Whedon fan. Um, I was in that episode of that show that one time. just for the moment, it's just my hand, really. So, um, and, uh, and oh my God, it's the tenth Doctor! No, wait, wait, I have to do it. I have to do it. We have to do. We have to do the whole scene now. Wait, oh, geeks. Geeks. All right. So, you know, anytime you get the Doctor and Don in the room together, you're gonna have a problem. Yes. Because you know. I thought we had a problem when we started. We always have a problem, Jesse. There's always a problem. We always have a problem, Jesse. Right now we have two problems, Jesse. That wasn't me. <laughs> Whoa. So anyway, um, Freedom of Fantasy, the whole premise of the idea is that uh, when you uh, have a story, either movie or TV series, uh, you're bound by the rules of reality. Like if you're doing a TV drama, if you're watching uh, Law & Order, they can't go do, hey, look, there are werewolves in New York because they're bound by reality, bound by things that we at least perceive as reality. Uh, with shows with a supernatural background or a uh, an element of extra-dimensional travel or time travel or whatever, you get a lot, a lot of freedom with that. Um, and you've seen a lot of that, of course, since that's the focus here, is that uh, Joss Whedon's freedoms with that, where he's found places he can take complete liberties. You know, you can make, hey, I'm a vampire hunter and I hunt vampires. And that can just be your show for 10 years. Or you can go, but look, there's demons that get to tinker with reality, and let's do something odd with that. And that's the whole point of this Come conversation on, is about. We like people. Right. Take your shoes off. I did. 
So, point is freedom of fantasy. Uh, specifically, things the uh, the best examples of it in Buffy were uh, Hush, My and uh, Once More with Feeling, of course. Which yeah, encourages you, all sorts of sing-alongs. Like, name name another TV series that could throw in an entirely silent episode and get away with it and pull it off, for that matter. Not very you know, many. You, you can't really do that. So, um, But I don't want to just sit up here and yammer, although I like doing that. Uh, we love Discussion is more talk. important. So, yeah, please jump in, talk about it. Because so, we like participation. Right. Do we? We do. We do. We'd we had do. good participation last time. We do. Yeah, especially that one guy. I mean, no, that one girl. The one girl was great. The guy was kind of, you know. He was fun. He it's was good funny. At, it's good to have good, a. He was entertaining. We like was, a, we like a good heckler in the back. He was only sort of heckling. He was trying to heckle, I think, but he's not a pro yet. We'll work on it. I'll find him later. You should train him. I'm not a good heckler either. Oh, I'm. But a great, yeah, I am. I'm a great heckler. So anyway, so freedom of fantasy. Shh, quit distracting me. Um, as I said, the the. Premise of the conversation that we're all gathered here for is being able to get completely off track because you have some sort of, you know, thing. You know, hey, look, I'm doing supernatural stuff, so I can do whatever I want. So um, let's talk specifically about Hush, for example. I think that's a good place to start. Excellent. Everybody familiar with what I'm talking about? If you don't know what I mean by Hush, raise your hand. Everybody else is going to laugh at you. Okay, laugh at those three people. Yeah. All right, so... 18,000 years ago, there was an episode of Buffy where, and I won't get too descriptive because it's been about that long since I saw it. Oh, you want me to do this? I'm really good at this. Do you know this episode really I know well? this episode up, down, sideways. Okay, Christmas is going to talk about this episode a little bit more, and then we'll talk about it. Talk about her talking about talking about it. Go. Okay. This is an episode of Buffy where these characters called The Gentleman come into town, and they steal everyone's voices. And there's a lovely little storybook rhyme about it. And what they have to do is they have to take, uh, I think it's seven hearts. And, um, and they take the voices so that you, they can't have people screaming so they don't know who you're after. And what they do is they don't actually walk. They sort of float. They hover. It's real creepy. Yeah, and they come to the town, and they don't talk either. And they're very, very, they're actually played by mimes. Well, one of them was Doug Jones. Yeah. He's a mime trained, but he's more active yeah. than mime. And, uh, but they have, like, silver teeth and white paint, and it's they're, actually... They're hideous with a constant grin, which yes. is disturbing. And it's actually an Emmy Award-winning episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're coming through town, and everybody wakes up, and they realize, oh, my God, we can't talk. And you have horror, yet you have hilarity, because people are trying to communicate without voices. And they also, the gentlemen have these minions, which are very... They have sort of a lunatic apeness about <laughs> them, I guess you would call it. Yeah. And because uh, they're human, but not. Right. And uh, like almost everything that's the bad guy in Buffy. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure out how to destroy these gentlemen, and they can't communicate. And this is during the uh, first year of college when Buffy is just beginning to know Riley. So we've got their little commando group trying to take care of this as well as Buffy trying to take care of it with the Scoobies and them coming up against each other and running into each other and being all like, you know, because they don't know about each other yet and what they're facing. And so everything is just completely awkward. And what it comes down to is that to destroy the gentleman, they have, you have to scream. 
which you know. But you can't. But you can't. So all the voices are actually kept in this darling little box, which you know is this it's epic. It's a voice box. Yes, a lovely fairy tale convention Cute. of the voices kept in the box, yes. and um, and so Buffy and Riley crash in there and they're fighting and she's all like describing the box to him and he's so not getting it because he's such a dude. Right. And um. Whoa. And uh, so anyway, she screams like a girl, their heads explode, voices come back, and uh, everyone, we're all saved here. And uh, there's also the episode in which, you know, Tara and Willow pretty much discover that they have such a potential for relationship and shared power. And then at the end, Buffy and Riley are like, we have to talk. And they sit there and they're just facing each other looking at each other because now that they have the ability to talk again, they simply don't know what to say. Right, they're speechless. Because, you know, it's kind of when we stop talking, that's kind of the point at which we really start communicating. Right. It's kind of the whole point. So specifically on that episode, good job describing it, by the way, thank you. Um, for those of you that have seen it and everybody else, feel free to join in, ask questions, whatever else, everybody else will tell you all about it. Um, Again, it's because of the fantastic elements behind the premise of the story that you can get away with having a silent episode. You couldn't do that with somewhere else. Um, any thoughts, insights, ideas on that? You didn't like it, did like it, how it worked, why it worked, why Joss can get away with it and someone else can't, for example. Somebody jump in and speak. That guy. Um, one of the things we're talking about freedom of medicine is that the whole episode was based on conversation. How do we relate to people? How do we get a feeling or emotion across? And so they were given this obstacle of being able to communicate, of trying to communicate without using their words. Right. So you get something like a, an older, more, I think, more pretentious story like Pride and Prejudice, where it's all about trying to figure out the other person's motives and how all these things can work. And you just kind of run around in circles, wondering, is this story going to go anywhere? Are they going to get talk to each other? Because that's the only way the problems are going to resolve. Whereas freedom of fantasy, you're dealing with, well, they can't talk to each other, so they have to find a way to communicate. So right. using the genre, you run into that obstacle of, well, okay, I'm obviously not communicating very well, so how do we run into that wall? How do we resolve it? Rather than get playing political games or social games, you're just getting right to it, to the point where they meet each other on the road, uh, Riley and Buffy, and they realize they both fight monsters, but they don't know the context. So that leads to the final competition at the end of the episode, where they have to finally sit down and talk to each other and say, all right, so who are you, who are you, what do we do, what do you do? And the, the scene ends in complete silence, because they don't know how to talk. Now that they have reached that moment of clarity, of understanding that these two people serve similar functions, they now have to deal with, well, we don't know how to talk anymore because now we don't know how to deal with the truth of this situation. How do we communicate? Right, and that's, that's like the deeper element of the story. That's really what it is about communication. I, I used to teach customer, customer service classes. Not that I can speak, so don't ignore that part. Customer service classes, and one of the leading elements of that is that when you speak, when you say something to somebody, 14% of that communication is the words you say. 
and then another 25 or so is your tone and your volume and your inflection, and then the rest of that is body language. So the episode is a really good example of that. Take away that little 14%, and at first, because we rely on speech so much, you think that you're disabled without it, but then because you, they all reach beyond it. They all found a way to talk. They all found a way to get the message across. You see it in their face. And, then, and of course, it's a good exercise for the actors in the show that, guess what? I know you, you got vocally trained for this. You don't get to use that. Throw that tool away. You get to come in here and act without it. So, you know, from, from that perspective as an acting exercise, but also from the, the show element and from the communication element, they, you've got to work at it now. And how do you carry a show, you know, keep people watching? And, you know, it's one of those shows where you can't sit and crochet while you're watching because you're going to keep looking down. And if they're not speaking, you missed everything. You know, watch a TV show on mute and see how that works. You, if you're not looking, you don't get what's happening. So, but that's a, that's a good point. Hi, how are you? No, I can't. I'm, I'm okay at crocheting. If I look, I'm not that good. So I'm, I'm good at braiding. I, can, I did this while I wasn't looking, but that's as far as it goes. But thank you. I appreciate that. Can you crochet without looking? Yes. Okay. So you can. I can't. I can't so. crochet at all, so... Oh, well, then you, ca you can't crochet I, even with looking. I can't crochet either Good way, to know. so... Important to know. Jesse. Uh, of course, one of the things that I noticed about that episode was how much was communicated through the music and through the sound effects. When you said silent episode, I thought we were talking about the body. Mm. Because there's no music and very little dialogue. Right, right. That and that's another good example of what yeah. we're talking about. Necessity is the mother of all invention, or, or how are you Right. Mm -hmm. And putting that obstacle out there, you give yourself a barrier so that you have something to overcome. Right. And the overcoming of it is, is you know, that's the, the journey of that episode, whatever. Uh, just the, the fabulous uh, amount of, you know, you got these little, little like, flutes and hand drums when someone's doing something funny because it conveys that and right. the humor of it and, and the different instruments that are associated with uh, different atmospheres and, and ideas and just having having an idea of something that you have to overcome and the freedom of fantasy to be able to say well what if right. and you know open any door that way right which is specifically why there isn't music in the body. I mean, if you listen to the commentary, because the music does, it tells us what to feel. It tells us how we're supposed to be feeling. And Joss wanted us to be so uncomfortable during the body and to not know how to feel and to not know what emotion to express. So he left the music out, and it is just the silence and then the sirens and, you know, just then the words and just the not words and everything because he wanted us to have that confusion of what am I supposed to feel now? Is there hope? Is there not hope? Because when you don't have that score in the background, you don't know. And so at least in Hush, we, we at least did get the steering of knowing what we were supposed to be feeling by having music. I wasn't really taken back by the fact that they couldn't talk. I was just, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah fine. No right. talking. But the, it's one of those things, I think more so with the body than, than Hush, in that 
you don't realize how powerful the music is. Because if, if the composition for a, a TV show or a movie is done well, you never notice the music. You never hear it, but you feel it. When you take it out, you feel that it's missing. You know yeah. something's been severed from the storytelling. Something that you would never listen to, but you feel it subconsciously. You've always just let the music pull you in, and now it's not there. So, like you said, you're uncomfortable because you're having to take that leap. You have to go there. You have to make those decisions. The music doesn't tell you where to go. Of course, so. And you really have to say Christopher Beck, who does most of the scoring on Buffy, is just yeah. incredible. Right. Because, I mean... Dude, I, yeah, I mean, I have, I have, I have some, I have some of the stuff on my iPod, and there's stuff that, like, you know, I, a lot of days, I like, you know, like the theme for remembering Jenny and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I can't listen to that today. Right. No, too sad, right, too nice. sad. Get forward, forward, you know, because it'll be like, because there's stuff. I mean, here, and I haven't even watched the episode in years, you know, and I still can't listen to it. Right. Because it's just it's in my head, it's in my subconscious. Because right. it touched you with a feeling instead yeah. of just a visual. Yeah, it's stimulus. all it's all in there, and I'm like, right. "Damn you, Eden!" <laughs> right. So let's. Uh, anything else on that specifically? Yes. Next to the person with the staff. Right. I, well, I can imagine that. You're used to it. I mean, what's your job? Read some words, learn the words, learn how to throw the words. Guess what? The script is blank. You know, the, they still have a script that says act this way, do this way, convey this. But, you know, like I said it's a good, earlier, it's a good exercise for the actors to have to do that. You know, you, hey, look, i got a role in a movie. I'm going to play a mute. It's going to be fun and a challenging effort for me. I'm going to learn a little bit of sign, but I'm going to do all this facial expression and gesturing. Okay, well, guess what? Everybody on the show gets to do the same thing. You all have to play mutes. You all have to get it, you know, and now you've got to carry a 43-minute episode without speaking. You know, and some of them, their talents are acting, and some of their talents are expression, and some of their talents are speaking, but the ones that rely on their voice, their awesome voice and their awesome diction and their character's cool accent, you don't get to use that, you know. But so, yeah, I can imagine that uh, it, had, it probably balanced out to... to attempt to answer your question. I think it balanced out. First of all, you don't have to learn any lines. That makes your job really easy. But guess what? Your words aren't going to carry you anymore at all. Yeah, You've anytime, got to sell I've it. Anytime to act without actually right. relying on the lines, it's been so yeah. much harder. Well, yeah, games like Pictionary and stuff like that. You've got to mime it out. You can't speak it, mime it out. Work, yeah. make it, sell me the story. Purple Lady. They would all do everything that they were supposed to do in like the first you know, 10 to 15 seconds mm. and then have nothing to do for the rest of the scene because they weren't used to it. They were just trying to go through it. Yeah. And it took them a little bit to get used to actually the, pausing. The pacing and everything. Right. So it took them a little bit to get used to it. Right. right. Good exercise for them. And I'm sure after going through something like that, they're probably better actors for it. You know, you take away one of your talents and you get to you grow as a person so well and um, I imagine it'd be easier for you know characters you know like like Anya who they have more physicality in the character too right and it's a little more shtick with it would be a little bit easier to portray without the words too because you just expect a little more silliness out of that character right and uh, in interviews with uh, actors you said that the hardest part is 
being on your mark. Yeah, they've got the floor. You can't see it, but it's all yeah. taped right. up. So you're supposed to be at this place at this time, deliver this here, and you know, take five steps to the left and do it here. And uh, that I would imagine just the naked having nothing to cover up the fact that this is the hard part. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the script tends to guide you the lines. Say this line, step here, say this line, stand there, say this line. So stand here, express this. Stand over there, express this. Do it for 27 seconds. Stand over here. Yeah, I can't imagine. So I'll try that later. So anything more on those two episodes? We went from one to two in there, went to a body, kind of came in. It was a good one, though. Yeah. Um, so let's discuss another completely off-the-wall shot and talk about once more with feeling. Again, that's, it's exactly the same thing in a lot of ways. It's, it's good to see the vocal talents of everybody, but again, you can't just throw that into CSI where, hey, we all have to do, do this it's as a musical. It's right, It wouldn't make any sense, right? It's, yeah, you're, you're contriving. And it is a complete contrivance, but within the fantastical setting of the world that has supernatural beings in it, hey, look, we're cursed to be in a musical. Um, so let's talk about that one a little bit too. Um, Has everybody seen Once More with Feeling? Has anybody not seen it? Yeah, that girl still, and that guy. <laughs> Have you ever seen an episode of Buffy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and episode right. one, right? Not just a movie. All right, good job. That's, Way to that's, go. That's I think how you much should, I give every series. You should totally watch them. Yeah. <laughs> just trust me on we'll, it. Go, go watch them. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah, we'll just pause here. All right, go quick. You could, you could just, you know, YouTube them on your phone. There's not many seasons of it. It's a, it's a Joss Whedon product. They killed it, like, halfway through the first season, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, Whedon right. shows, not, it can't take that long to watch. Right, exactly. And, uh, so, anyway, it, it's an episode, again, much like Hush, where, you know, hey, supernatural stuff happened. We have to do the whole thing as a musical. You can't speak unless you're singing and there's background music. Right. Had your little jazz hands there. Jazz hands, thank jazz you. Jazz hands. Uh, well, one of us had to do it. You're the performer. You can do it. All right. So. Me perform? No. No, not you. Just that. Wait. Yes, you. Oh, yeah, me. That 15, so, 15 years of dance movie. Uh, but oh. again, it's the same contrivance as as saying, "Hey, look, we have to do a whole silent episode." But you know, it's basically that. We have a supernatural background. We can tinker with reality. You know, they could have done without gravity. One without gravity. One without color. One without, you know. One with what? One with a shrimp. Right. Yeah. See. So, not, I don't think we can say much more on that, but who knows? Do you guys have any inside input, suggestions Discuss on Once More With Feeling, especially those of you that have seen it? So. Well, I, I have a friend, we have a friend who uh, liked the episode, but when it comes to the, the final line where Buffy reveals that she had been in heaven, that... Oh, I hated was that. That killed me. ...was this bittersweet... Uh, at this sour tone. So as she's singing the line, heaven, it's this sour down tone, and he can't handle it. He, he's like, it's so bad. And every time I watch the episode, it's good, but then I dread knowing that those sour notes are going to come. And we have this big old debate over it, because I'm trying to tell him, well, that's a part, that's part of what it is. She's expressing the bitter sourness that she's been pulled out of paradise. Right. And we had a, a, another friend who was watching it for the first time. I think it's the first episode of Bundy she ever saw. Wow. And she said place to start. Well, that we were both right, that Sarah Michelle Gellar was not an accomplished singer. So she didn't have the, the vocal range to handle the, the, the sour note 
well, but still that it conveyed the emotion that you're trying to express. That right. This, this, you know, I'm completely defeated and I don't want to be here. Attitude that that would convey through the music. James Marshall's had the same note when he was saying living, yeah. living, and he did it well. I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's the use of a minor key to, yeah. to portray that, which is just, um, you know, it's a common convention, but yeah, Sarah Marshall does not sing well, and she'll tell you straight out she doesn't right. sing well, but yeah, I mean, they well. throw James Marshall's up there and let him sing all day. I mean, I own his album because he's awesome, but. That's the way your vocal coach will tell you Yeah. Mm. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Well, they all sound American when they sing, so it's okay. Yeah. So, so did that go? Is like, hey, they're talking. They're all band geeks. They went over my head. Is that what that was? Yeah. You just looked cute and twirled the, the flag, didn't you? That's that's awesome. That's okay. No, but this is cool. I mean, you, there's, that's there's thirty five thousand of my closest friends are at this place this weekend. So, yeah. you're gonna get a grand, a grand diversity. Um, but that's the what you just said, I think, what you both just were talking about. An episode of a show that curses everybody so they have to perform as a musical shouldn't automatically also make those people that we believe are real people, they're supposed to be real people, doesn't make them operatics, you know. You don't suddenly know how to sing. You have to sing, you don't have to be good at it, you know. So I think the show some of them should have been worse at it than they were they came across in the show. Yeah, cause because she's really, she can't really sing. Bad. Yes. She's, she might be worse than me, and I'm bad. Right. But yeah, that's a perfect time to showcase how bad you are at singing. Like, I'm horrible at singing. Yeah, well, guess what? You have a singing job now. Go sing. She had one of the best lines in the, in the whole show, where yeah. they're singing the Walk Through the Fire song. And, and I, I think this line's mostly filler. I love right. that part. <laughs> and that's, that's so, you know, fourth wall of Jonas, right? So. Um, so not to, we're having a fun time talking about Buffy, but this isn't just about Buffy. Uh, this is about being able to break from traditions because the uh, freedom of your background. So something we were talking about a little while earlier, actually, is uh, making a TV show where your actors get to play different characters all the time. So does anybody know what I'm talking about? Thank you. See, I wasn't off all by myself. Have you seen Dollhouse? No, I meant her next to you. <laughs> Is she just a pull toy? You just take her everywhere you, and she just does that color guard, right? Say color guard. Yeah. All right, good job. What about anybody else? Who hasn't seen Dollhouse? Oh, dude, dude in the red shirt, let me down. You haven't seen Dollhouse. Okay. All right, well, it's about 20-something, 20 27 episodes, I think, so watch them. Do it. It's on Netflix. Do it. All right, so anyway, the, the point of the reason I bring it up here, it, it fits this conversation because the characters, the actors get to play different characters all the time. Um, for those of you who don't know or may not know, I'll, I'll quickly gloss over, hopefully. The primary characters in the show are mind wiped so that they're blank and then they are reprogrammed as, on an as needed basis to go serve clients. Uh, typically, in, in the show, the way it's portrayed is they're either doing romantic engagements or special ops engagements or silly things like that. So unfortunately, while your your mind is asleep, your body's being used to go either have romantic occasions with people or killing people or beating people up or breaking into vaults and stealing rare art. Uh, 
So you get to be all these cool adventurous people, but you don't remember any of it. So the, but the point of it in this conversation is that, uh, yes, we like Eliza Dushku as an actor. She gets to play this one character on the show. Well, in this situation, she gets to play a hundred different characters on the same show. And it was brought up in the earlier conversation that other shows like Alias and things like that have done similar things where a special ops person or a spy or a con artist gets to pretend to be different people. But in Dollhouse, you're not pretending. The character is overwritten with a different person, so they truly are a different person. Of course, you still have the same actor portraying it, so you still have the same underlying personality, accent, intonation, things like that. So for those of you that have seen Dollhouse, uh, that, what do you think about that as far as a, uh, a fair, to me it's a fairly novel, other than the idea of other shows that I mentioned being able to uh, fluctuate with how the character acts. In this one, the actor themselves have to push themselves to play a different character every, every episode until they get into later episodes and sort of blending things. So... Anybody have any thoughts on that? Ideas, perspectives, complaints? Hey, I hated it. It was horrible. Guy in the red shirt's going, let's get past this part I didn't see. You're going to single me out again. What was that? So where were you during the dollhouse panel at one o'clock? You should have been in his room. I know. We talked all about. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, it's for him. Okay, it's that. I. Oh, under the bus. It was her. Good job. Sounds like she'll be at my morals panel tomorrow, though. Yeah, she's all talking about morals. I don't understand how they qualified you to talk about morals. Debate about morals. Oh, it's not an ethics. It's not an ethics conversation. It's not me saying that we should have ethics. It's me hosting a debate okay. about morals right. and ethics. So as, it's okay. As an impartial, completely unrelated judge. Good job. Yeah. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so I might be I, saying down with morals. Before, before we yes, <laughs> before we ran off on whatever tangent we went off on. Bunny trails. That's uh, uh, your your point is extremely solid on that. That it it uh, it really did. Um, allow a lot of flexibility in well in the show design for that matter they they could go almost anywhere they can't really turn it into a musical but they had a musical episode where she played backup singer for a for you know some diva which I think that episode was called diva wasn't it so okay that that could be said of everything Joss has made yeah was anybody here for the dollhouse conversation? I don't recognize anybody. Okay, cool. Then I can say this again. Have you seen Cabin in the Woods? Okay. Have you not seen Cabin in the Woods? Don't you? Oh, you are. Um, you're Jesse, in trouble. Jesse, what? I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods. You're in trouble too. All right. For all of you that just raised your I hands, we're not speaking terms went. until you see Cabin in the Woods. Everybody. So, what? It's okay. It doesn't matter. It's not a horror movie. <laughs> I wanted to see I'm it. I'm telling I just you, haven't had a chance you to go. The, the premise is five people go off from the woods into a cabin. They do something stupid. Bad stuff happens. You know that story, right? It's in every horror movie, right? Okay, this exactly. This story. Yes, of course. 
I'm a gamer. Hello. Hello, okay. gamer geeks. Hello. So, let's see. Do you see my Munchkin Zombies brains bottle? Okay, I'm a gamer. Where's the gaming at this con? I know, I know. I helped put it there. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. So to say. So um, my point is, yeah. Cabin in the Woods is not about that. It's not about five people that go off and do something stupid in the cabin. That's the story. Cabin in the Woods is about that story. It's not the story. It's a story about the story. Go see it. Even you don't like horror movies, you'll like it. It's awesome. See? There you go. Is it? I've been saying that for like a week. Right. Right. Well, yeah. and, and see, I saw it. I was fortunate. I hopefully, everybody that's here to talk about Freedom of Fantasy doesn't get upset by a sort of derailing, because this is still the Freedom of Fantasy. It's, it's still Freedom of Fantasy, kind of. But I didn't we see the trailer before I saw the movie, which I think is the best way to see a movie. But then I saw the trailer, and the trailer says, you know this story. These five people go off into the woods to a cabin. You know this story. And I was like, oh, yeah. That's the way to sell it. We know this story. So if you see the name Cabin in the Woods, you're like, oh, it's the same old, same old. I'm like, yes, it is, but Joss Whedon's telling it. And he's not telling that story. Just like Dollhouse, Dollhouse is not about people that get mind wiped and go do jobs. It's not about that. It's about that story, though. So it's not that story. It's about the story. So. That's why I'm here. Do they? Well, Scrubs is kind of is silly enough. Grey's Anatomy is supposed to be serious, though, right? See, if you've got a comedy, you can just go anywhere. Com it's freedom of comedy at that point, but yeah, it's. Really? Right. Right, it's, it's still a gimmick, but he's better at it than yeah. they are. <laughs> yes, it's a gimmick, but I'm good at it. Right. Well, that uh, maybe it's a sign that he recognizes the tropes, right? He knows, oh, cabin in the woods, oh. Oh, look, a girl that kills vampires, oh. Right, exactly, it's, it's the freedom that it gives you. It's, it's, you know this story, I'm going to tell you how cool that story can be without telling you that story, because you already know that story. So... Right. Story about the story, but that is what genre is because when you're dealing with, you know, the monsters and the vampires, Stephen King has a quote that says, "Monsters are real and ghosts are real. They live inside us, and sometimes they win." So this whole concept about, well, we have these inner demons, we have these inner problems. So genre is able to say, well, "We're going to give you a vampire in that place, but we're going to give you the evil government conspiracy in that place." But really, it's about you. It's about your soul. It's about who you are as a person and overcoming that. Right. And I know I would rather go find my own personal demons in a graveyard, but that doesn't work that way. Right. But to be able to tell a story to say, uh, this is what it looks like, you can articulate your fears, articulate your weaknesses, and then find a mental way to overcome. And I think that that's what genre does. I think that's what Joss does with the meta storytelling. Right. Well, and, and so many other shows try to just tell the story. And to circle back to Buffy, Buffy's not about a girl that kills vampires. You know, that's what she does, but the episodes are not about that. That's the background, you know. 
if if it was just she was a high school student and she did some other stuff, the story would not be about her going to high school. It would be about other stuff, the other stuff, and that's what it is. Um, but yeah, that dollhouse, to, to try to circle back to where we're going. Whoa. We have a destination? I could just shout Avengers was awesome, and that would we could talk about that for 20 minutes. <laughs> or, hey, look, Joss did Avengers. He can now do whatever the hell he wants. We covered How that last awesome time, that? didn't we? I'll say that every time. So, Avengers 2, Avengers 17, he, he can just... I'm not even an Avengers fan. But. Yeah, well, I'm gonna, I'll have a talk with him later. We'll, <laughs> we'll have a powwow. It'll get <laughs> exactly. fixed. It'll Either that or he's going to make Titanic 2, right? So. God, no. I think they did one already. Didn't they do a Titanic 2? But, uh, so... Do, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. So. You know, if David Tennant is not in it, it's not good Shakespeare. <laughs> it's my personal theory. Right. So, what were we talking about? <laughs> so... <laughs> you know, yes, we I, can. I believe we can. Wait, just turn into puppets? Turn into puppets, yes. I, right. This is true, but yes, the, the puppet episode, I would say, is, is one that is a little out there. Big time. But again, that's that's ex that's totally the point of our conversation. Exactly, good point for Excellent the guy who doesn't watch the other show. So, you realize you're the t you're the only red shirt in the room, right? Yeah, I was about. And to this make isn't that this point. isn't a a Trek con you are, kind of path, but you, you're you close. are you are really lucky. This isn't a Trek panel. We've exactly. already already thrown you under the bus. You'd be in trouble. So I threw him under the bus a little bit with the whole. Dog I know we would have like kicked him out of the room though. He would have been a sacrifice. To we would have just made him go look what's in the dark room. We just sent them into that room. Right. We hear some noise over there. You go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Go check out the crazy noise, so, man. But yeah, great example though. That's you can't have a serious streamlined, you know, on ER they could not have had a puppet episode, right? It would have been great though. We we would have freaked out, but all the mundanes would have went, What just happened to my T V show? <laughs> so Hi, what's your name? It's not red, it's maroon. Oh look. <laughs> Because oh. if this if this counts as a red shirt, that counts as a red shirt. Oh, I'm all for that. It's not it's right. Not so what's her name? Her name? Yes. Shannon. Shannon. All right. Just because you keep raising your hand, Shannon. So I know Jesse's name because he has an awesome name. So and I'll get red shirt's name in a minute. So okay, good. Good You're call. Such a liar. That's <laughs> the only way to go. Red shirt's a liar. Right. I'm good with that too. He's his name's Bob. Right. We should. There are some games for you to play. We have good games for liars. Prudo. So what was your question other than pointing out she had a red shirt? That was it? That was it. That was all totally you had? It. All that delay over that. Hey, black shirt's got a question. I think some people have woken them up that they can, you can go do that. You know, you couldn't have made Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter five years ago. People would have just, like, that's stupid. I'm not going to go see that. 
But now we've seen enough things. Stuff has, has matured us as an audience. We can't, we don't want the story. We Stuff that's immature us as an audience, maybe, too. It's yeah. fantastic. But I mean, our. our it's crazy, and I, wanna, I totally want to see it, but I'm, it like, I'm also like, okay, that's freaking insane. Did you see Zombieland? <laughs> Zombieland was, was amazingly silly and awesome all at the same time. Yeah. But you knew you, when you go into and Death Race was like that. You know exactly what, what's Death Race about? Like guys in cars shooting and killing other people. When you go watch it, what's it about? Guys in cars shooting and killing people. You got exactly what you expected going in. You look at watch the trailer for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. It's Abraham Lincoln with an axe killing vampires. When you go see it, that's exactly what it's going to be. The trailer just like, hey, yeah. go see it. It's about this. It's very simple. Nothing wrong with that. But I, yeah, I think that that uh, writers have been realizing that they can loosen up a bit and that Hollywood's allowing a lot more leeway with some abstract stuff instead of trying to remake everything let's reinvent everything it's not abraham lincoln president it's abraham lincoln killing vampires which i'd really rather show and that show and mix them it's awesome what i'd really rather see that than a remake of footloose because that's so relevant right now there's so many like you know conservative towns where you can't dance right right i don't know that was real in the 80s from what i heard i was never there well, you know, I am from Arkansas, so I have seen this sort of thing. Right. I don't know why you would admit that on a mic. I don't care. Okay. I'm brave. That's, that's why. All right. Just so. to show my boldness to the room there. Oh. That's why. It's the red hair. It is. So. It's the red wig. It makes you brave. So. My hair might be red underneath this. You don't remember. <laughs> it might be. Oh, wait. It was two days ago. I don't know you. I've never seen you before. <laughs> right. Who are you? I'm whatever his name is. Wait, wait, don't you date a friend of mine? Mm-mm. Okay. I don't date. Never mind. I don't date. Okay. So, well, I was going to use a different term, but I'm not going to use that term in It's a company. PG conversation. Thank you for keeping it that way until 8 o'clock. Trying to be good. Right. That's, Dang it. That's a task for you. So, anyway, um, see, she did a good job of getting us back on task, and then we just ran all over the place. You should come sit up here. You should. We need help. Especially, you know. We didn't get a moderator this time, so... You know, our moderator didn't keep us on task last time. She was awesome last time. She was awesome, but she didn't keep us on task. She, she helped us with our bunny trail. She was over here giving me ideas. That was good. She was, oh, she was helping you? She might have been. That explains a lot. Ha-ha. <laughs> so. Um, Power corrupts. Any point. Any, any point. Where were we? Uh, talking about Dollhouse and the, the freedoms that that gave us with that. Um, and puppets. But I think we kind of covered that as we tangented all over it. And then the pink shirt wants to talk. Hi. What? <laughs> yeah. Would you like a treatment? <laughs> Dolls, yeah. And once they severed the show, some of those questions were never answered, so. 
part of you, or does it get left behind even if it was never done before? Completely changes the morality of the situation. I mean, that was sort of one of the fundamental questions: was is this or is this not an okay thing for them to be doing? Because people who technically signed a contract but didn't necessarily start working or shot at. Right. Um, but if if you can really only do what's already in you to do, does that make it less morally repugnant? And if it's completely fundamentally changing who you are, how do you ever sign away the rights to that? Right. And and you qualified that by saying you didn't watch very much of the show, but they really ran all over that. There's plenty of the show where the dolls did some stuff that I guarantee you the original person would not have done. So there's a lot of that of, but Joss plays all over that with, um, and, and Tim and whoever else he had writing for him at the time, with you programmed to do the thing and you do the thing, but how does that affect you as a person? Because somehow it, the impact on you emotionally, morally, traumatically transcends the, the memory wipe that they do at the end of the episode where, hey, you forgot all about that. Somewhere you still stored it, you know, so we had a whole conversation about that. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, he played with a lot of stuff on that show as far as where the mind is and where the brain is and where the soul is and which one of those things remembers the thing you did, the bad thing you did, or how you react to the bad thing that was done to you. Um, there are episodes where um, people were, well, people would remember, like Victor, like we talked about a little while ago, Victor was, had PTSD, and that's why he was there to get rid of it. But then one at one point, you know, he's in the shower, and it's shooting him in the face, and he has a flashback to a machine gun. So his, his PTSD triggered while he was in doll state. You know, that tells me that trauma transcends memory, or the memory is not truly wiped, or whatever the situation actually is. And that, to me, is Joss's creativity, his, his genius to it, is that, yes, we blanked your mind. Guess what? Some of this stuff is not in your mind. Or we blanked your brain, but not your mind. Or is that different? Or is it a spiritual experience? Did, you know, did going to war in Afghanistan harm your, your soul? If there is a soul, did it harm your soul? Or you know, is there a soul for that matter? Who, who knows? He, you know, he, he played with where those lines are drawn, where we have all made an assumption that that if you get hit in the head and forget something, do you forget the emotional damage from it as well? Or, you know, so he played all over that with that, which again gives him the the fact that you can hit a button and erase someone's brain gives you a lot of leeway in how to do something, how to tell a story, and how how to keep stuff while losing stuff as far as your experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. 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 And yeah, they all did their share of immoral things while they were in doll state. But you know, that's that's the aspect of the show. So, somebody raised their hand over there. Oh, it was Jesse. Good job. Freedom of symbolism, freedom of metaphor, mm-hmm. using these things to express an element of the human condition and the life journey that we all go through. Magic as an addictive substance, right. or the, the nature of the soul. Is there a soul? What is it like in exploring that dollhouse? I could think, you know, 
even in fantasy, the only other avenue that you could explore what the soul is is a ghost show. Right. Something about people who die. Right. And they've done that too. Right. True Calling dealt with that kind of thing a little bit. Right. And uh, Dead Like Me and a couple of those things. Yeah. I consider sci-fi fantasy. Right. It's... Right. And Joss has said that if he makes anything, it has sci-fi in it. So, yeah, that's what he does. Did they excite you? I saw that. She did the wave all by herself. It was really cool for anybody that wasn't watching. Um, so, oh, and, and the other thing I wanted to bring up, we were running low on time, so I don't want to... Uh, I like tangents. I will talk all day like this if you let me. But um, one of the other things, other examples of Joss running, running free, being set free in the world is, for example, a story about a supervillain that's done as a musical. Has anybody not seen that? Don't raise your hand, red shirt. Don't, you'll get in trouble. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody not know what I'm talking about? Oh, you've seen Dr. Horrible? Hey, yes, all right. She's seen something! She gets to stay in the room. The laundry song, see? Yay, we're so proud! Yeah, and... When that came out, to me, the I, I was it was one of those bittersweet moments. I was like, "This is awesome! This is a great example of of his capability, and he's bringing in the right talent to do it." And and how many of these people will just follow him wherever he goes, including his brother? And I'm like, to me, one of his greatest successes, and he's giving it away. Like he should be paid all of the money he made on every other show just for this, because it's this tiny little thing, and it's awesome. So I bought the DVD. I'm like, you're not getting it for free from me. I'm paying yeah. for it. It's great. But then of like, course, okay. The, I'm he, curious, how many people in here own the DVD? Good job. How many people bought the soundtrack? <laughs> Did you didn't raise your hand? Oh, I, I own both. Yes. I was gonna say you should have raised your hand both those times. I do. I own both. Right. Of course, I own both. Right. I didn't raise my hand either. So, but that's that's another example of hey, I'm going to tell the story in a non-traditional way. You know, you think oh, superheroes, but you don't ever think superhero musicals. And it was done extremely well because it was done right, and it was done funny, but it wasn't a comedy, and it was done dramatically, but it wasn't a drama, and it was done tragically, but it wasn't a tragedy. You know, so I think he it's just a great example of he knows what he's doing. He's got the right, you know, again, with, with using Jed and, and the ways that he used him. Hello. Hello. That's good. We need to be checked on. We're unmoderated. And we have a token red shirt. We have a red shirt. We have a red shirt. Just in case there's a problem. We have someone to throw. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should ask them. We're, we're biased. Yeah. So yes. Guys, are we doing okay? Right. So, so yes, yeah, so far we're all right. Right. Oh. Oh. Michelle, is it time for my treatment? Can yes, we'd love I like treatment. my treatments. I try to be my best. I always try to do my best. Thank you. All right, thank you anyway. for making me look good for my boss. Good job. Yeah. So. Yay! They didn't throw us under the bus. I know. We it's great. You guys are great. I've got a few minutes here. So we've meandered around, and I've tried to make some sort of... I try to guide because I will tangent, so I try to guide myself. It's not very good. And, of course, everybody helps with the tangent thing more than the guiding. So 
open on the whole concept, any of those shows, whatever else stuff Joss has done, um, feel free to shout Avengers was awesome if you want to. Well, any input on any of that? Awesome. Thank you. Woo! There you go. There you go. Right. Yeah. How cool is that? And and um, that he has that he has the capability of doing. I mean, you look at all all of his work so far. He's done like Angel and Buffy were kind of similar because they were pulled out of the same world. But he's been able to transcend that and make you know Dollhouse was not Buffy, and Firefly was not Buffy. And what was that? You okay? Um, see, see now you need to speak up. These are the reasons. Hey. Hey. All right, so. Yeah, yeah, where's my brown coat ribbon? It's in there. Where's my loyalties? Um, yes, but the, the fact is he, you know, he did his thing and then he did a completely different thing. He did a completely different thing, he did a completely different thing. So there's actually a conversation this afternoon called Call the Scoobies, here's my shameless plug. Um, which is about Joss's awesome talent of doing ensemble casts, which is when I heard he was doing Avengers. I'm like, well, who else would you get? You know, if you want 15 awesome personalities to be in the same room together, the only way to do it is to get Joss to handle it. So, uh, which is Firefly is a great example of that. And I'm going to talk about that a lot. But, um, but the fact that he's run all over the place as far as genre or setting or theme and still been from our perspective anyway, extremely successful. You know, somebody cancels a show 14 episodes in, we know they're just idiots, but, um, but that's, that's my point with that, is that um, he's been able, his, his freedom from genre for that matter, you know, it doesn't matter, it's a space show, it's a cowboy show, it's a vampire show, it's a musical, it's a superhero movie, you know, whatever it is, he's, he's nailed it every time. So it's a toy story. Mm -hmm. So. Anybody else? Anything want to throw out? Shout? Say, what are you talking about? You can just say that. But with stuff that we don't know, yeah. Yeah, but it's the real world, it's just in the future. The future. Right. What was your question? I missed well, part of I the word, one of the words you said. I, I saw any, this, I missed a she's word. She's asking if there's any difference in what you're allowed oh, to no. do really between one and the other. Because really, no, you're not. Because one, you're dealing with a world that has a whole lot of supernatural in it, which technically isn't the real world. But it's still... Well, like yes, it is. No, it's not. It's stapled to the real world. Though, it's stapled to it's, our present day world. But the right. other one, you're taking it and you're being so futuristic. Right, Firefly is a future there. thing. So, so you're giving yourself all this technological freedom for stuff that hasn't been developed yet and off-world stuff that you're not encountered yet. So you're also giving yourself that other leap. So, yeah, so I think so what you're you, asking you, is freedom of fantasy is also freedom of science fiction. You, yeah, I mean, you go you, far enough in either, the future, either, you can do whatever yeah. you want. Either way, you're giving yourself this giant leap of access to Open. things that you don't have access to in your terribly mundane, boring world that we're all part of when we're not at Comic-Con. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, good question slash statement slash gesture. Words. Some words. Words, we're trying to find them and we all have problems. Right. Okay, good job. All right, anybody else, anything else? 
because I think we're close to the end. So uh, if you don't have any other input, we covered all the stuff I want to talk about anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. We wrapped it up. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was that, that cow fetus. It was yeah, there was down, a crazy though. cow fetus. It was a scary pseudo alien thing. Mutant cows. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just the kind and of alien you can see today at any sideshow. And Wash tried to make. Uh, what? Right. And Wash tried to make peace with it, so it's good. So you should end this, Jesse. You should end this with a song. You should play us some music. Yeah, we'd it. love another song. That would be fantastic if you don't mind. Can you play the Firefly theme? I wish. <laughs> you know, if you come hang out, probably what? Probably after the. You know, usually after the Darkwoods party or whatever. Last year there was lots of playing of Firefly music. Lots of stuff last year, yeah. Yeah, but so, a lot of times up up on the third floor or up no. after the parties and play stuff. Something. There's were, there's a lot of there's Firefly music and stuff going on around. You can catch some bards hanging out. Oh, big time. So we have like two minutes, so we'll get a two-minute song. Let's see, there you go. But still, even though he's playing, if you guys think of something you want to talk about, about uh, what we've been talking about, feel free to jump in. Let's see, how cool is that? Go ahead. You have to speak louder over him, though. Oh. She's a companion? Hmm. Weren't we just talking about Firefly? Oh, she's not that kind of companion? Not that kind of companion. Mm. But she could be. I was going to say, I do have my, uh, my TARDIS on. You have your TARDIS. Okay. Anybody else want to make him play quiet? No? Snow White? No? Okay. Snow White's cool. my favorite princess. There you go. Well, in that case, thank you all for joining us for Freedom of Fantasy. Yeah. Feel free to come back later to talk about the Scoobies ensemble cast. And the guy in the gray shirt should say Avengers Rock again. <laughs>